Welcome back to Tales of Southwest Michigan's Past. As this episode is airing the day after Thanksgiving, I thought it would be fun to explore what Thanksgiving was like at Camp Custer in Battle Creek, Michigan in 1918. So I'm going to be reading some stories today from Custer Life, the newspaper that was published at Camp Custer here in Michigan. So come along and join me. So in case you don't know, Camp Custer was built in 1917 at the direction of Congress and the war over in Europe when the United States entered the war in Europe, which was called the Great War initially, and we know it today as World War I when we look back in the history books. And Camp Custer was a site selected, which was just west of Battle Creek, and it was built on the old village of Harmonia. And most of the building and construction was done in 1917 and into the early months of 1918. And so by November 1918... There were a lot of troops stationed there, some returning from the war in Europe because armistice had just happened, but the soldiers were still in camp. They had not been given their discharge papers yet, and they were still members of the United States Army and soldiers. So they were at Camp Custer during the time of Thanksgiving and also Christmas. So some of these stories show up in their newspaper, which was called Custer Life. And the headlines for Custer Life on November 28th, 1918. Some of the stories obviously relate to Thanksgiving. So here's one article called Thousands Enjoy Thanksgiving Day in Camp and Out. Big Eats for Soldiers Who Remain Inside Limits of Reservation. Plenty of entertainment. Athletics form big part in festivities on holiday. 214th Field Signal Battalion team plays Albion Intercollegiate Champions at Albion. And then the article reads, Although thousands of soldiers took advantage of Thanksgiving Day passes to get out of camp, there is plenty of activity apparent right inside the limits of Camp Custer. Athletics, entertainments, religious services, and most important of all, Big Eats are all on the program for Turkey Day. The standard menu for this occasion runs about as follows. Oyster soup and crackers, roast turkey and dressing, cranberry sauce, green peas, roast pork and brown gravy, applesauce, mashed potatoes, bread and butter, apple and pumpkin pie, jelly roll and marble cake, mixed candy and assorted nuts, ice cream and coffee. However, things to eat do not comprise all of the features of the day. Plenty of athletics are promised. The 214th engineers will have a field meet with relays and races and soccer football games. The regular engineer grid team will play the base hospital outfit in the afternoon. The headquarters company of the 40th Infantry plans to stage a battle royale and some soccer football by platoons. Companies A and B of the military police will put on basketball games on Thanksgiving morning. Out in the depot brigade area on the west end of camp, intercompany football is on the program. 
This list of events does not begin to cover the schedule for the entire camp, but gives an idea of the activities planned for the occasion. Probably the biggest event from a camp-wide standpoint is the football game to be played in the afternoon at Albion between the champion 214 field signal battalion and the Albion college team. This is a contest of title holders. The Albion team has won the Michigan Intercollegiate Championship, while the 214 field signal outfit holds the camp honors. The flag wavers have defeated the 10th Infantry and Base Hospital teams. The Base Hospital outfit walloped the Depot Brigade, so this makes the signalmen champs. A special service will be held in the YMCA Auditorium at 10 o'clock Thanksgiving morning. This will be addressed by the Reverend W.R. Fruit of Detroit. Catholic services in charge of the various chaplains will be held in the K of C building. During the afternoon and evening entertainments and movies will feature the programs in these buildings, while at 7.30 o'clock, the Jewish Welfare Building will be the scene of a combined Thanksgiving and Hanukkah service. One of the biggest events of the day is the enormous banquet, which will be served at the base hospital to the soldiers of the detachment and the nurses. More than a thousand persons will sit down to the tables and an elaborate entertainment has been planned. Other company and battalion affairs around the camp will help to entertain the soldiers who remain on the reservation. The quarantine regulations were lifted Tuesday morning and passes granted to men who wish to get away for the holiday beginning at 1 o'clock Wednesday afternoon and extending to 6 o'clock Friday morning. The only cities barred were Bay City, Pontiac, and Saginaw. A special celebration was held in Flint and the many... Camp Custer men attended this function. And that was the end of that article. There's a lot more. There's also an article about the Camp Custer officers getting in on a one dance where there were lots of pretty girls. If the Camp Custer officers didn't have the time of their young lives at the dancing party giving to them last week, it wasn't because of scarcity of girls to dance with. The ratio of girls to men was about 16 to 1 proposition, a condition of affairs that nearly disrupted lifelong friendships among some sweet young things of the feminine persuasion and caused dignified matrons to act like bargain seekers at a fire sale. So that was kind of funny. There's a lot more to that article, but you kind of get the idea. There was a lot of girls at that dance. Now, there's another article here that was kind of interesting because it tells a lot about the community of Battle Creek and how it really helped and supported and embraced Camp Custer. And this article is called Thanksgiving Day, Dinner's Plentiful. Camp Custer men get invitations to spend holidays in homes of Battle Creek folks. Hundreds of soldiers from Camp Custer are going to have real Thanksgiving dinners in homes of Battle Creek and nearby towns through the home hospitality plan of the War Camp Community Service. Although a great many of the men will be permitted to go home for Thanksgiving, the majority of them live too far away to get home. There are men at Camp Custer from practically every state in the Union, and these are the ones who are being looked after by the Home Hospitality Committee. 
through the Red Circle Soldiers Club, soldiers who want to get away from camp and into a real home at Thanksgiving time are getting invited out to dinner. Nearly every family in Battle Creek will entertain one or more soldiers at Thanksgiving time, and the same is true of other towns near the camp. Hosts and hostesses are being lined up in such numbers that every soldier who can get away from camp and wants an invitation out to Thanksgiving dinner will get it. Now that sounded like an awesome event and such an interesting and amazing chapter in history here in Battle Creek. Now, some of the entertainment that was available in town for soldiers on Thanksgiving weekend was quite different than you might expect in present day. Present day, we have maybe a few bars and we have a few uh, movie theaters and maybe a strip club or two or something like that. But back then, there was a lot of the theaters set up around the community. And there's several notices here in this newspaper of what was playing that weekend. I thought I'd read through some of these. The Ophium Theater in Kalamazoo is offering a show called My Own United States. And it was an added attraction to its holiday bill. It was also, they were also performing A Man Without a Country, and and that was the show that was performing there. Now, there was a vaudeville show at the Bijou Theater on Thanksgiving Day. The Bijou Theater in Battle Creek had made arrangements for a big vaudeville show for Thanksgiving Day. And the last half of the week, one of the big attractions for Thanksgiving will be the high-powered girl review, Little Miss Up-to-Date, Faye O'Neill, Earl B. Miller, and Lottie Merritt, and a chorus of beautiful girls. There are four big scenes and musical and dance numbers galore. Laughter and good music will go hand in hand when Black and O'Donnell offer their fine bit of vaudeville build in the program as the violinist and the boob. The comedian, Mr. Black, is far more above the average as a fun maker, and the girl, Miss O'Donnell, is charming of appearance and an excellent violinist. And this act promises to be one of the big hits of the bill. The Helen Leach Wallen Trio and the original Iron Jaw Wire Sensation will bring several new stunts that will fairly make the crowds hold their breath. Larry Comer and his intimate song review is a gem of an act that never fails to score a pronounced success as an entertaining number and is without exception the best single male act today in vaudeville. Garner's Maniacs, if it is without question the greatest act of its kind that has ever appeared at the Bijou, and while it is an animal act, it is bound to please everyone who attends the theater. Gardner's Canine accomplished amazing stunts in physical culture, balancing high and broad jumping, among other unusual feats. There will be four shows on Thanksgiving Day, with two matinees at 2.30 and 4, and two evening shows at 7.30 and 6. On Sunday, there will be an entirely new show comprised of five big acts of the high standard that is being shown at the Bijou, and the big feature will be the Worldwide Review, which is a song and dance trip around the world, introducing some good singing, dancing, beautiful girls and scenery, and some wonderful costumes. On Sunday, there will be three shows, 
matinee at 3 and evening at 7.30 and 9. So that was happening at the Bijou Theater. Now, there was also a theater over in Kalamazoo called the Elite Theater. And when you go to Kalamazoo tonight to remain over Thanksgiving, you will do well to bear in mind that the fact that the Elite, the popular photo play theater of that city is presenting for its holiday bill norma talmadge the handsome select star in her latest release the forbidden city this is a tale of old china and it is told in a wonderful way miss talmadge is a great favorite everywhere and each picture produced by her company adds to her reputation of being the most wonderful of all screen stars. Extra features have been added to the bill for today and Thursday. And there was one more theater entry here at the Post Theater, and its headline reads, Flow Flow Attraction at Post on Saturday. No musical comedy of the Broadway season has been more persistently hummed and whistled into fame than Flow Flow, John Court's latest musical comedy success, which will present at the Post Theater on Saturday, November 30th. Flow Flow delighted Blaze Broadwayites all last season at the Court Theater in New York, being one of the few attractions to remain the entire year. I Don't Know What You See in Me has been sung into popularity in every state in the country, and this season... It is one of the features in which Mr. Court's perfect 36 chorus comes to the front to establish his claim as being the only comedy chorus in captivity. The eccentric dancing of the girls in this number captivated New York. The chorus supports an excellent cast, which includes Ivy Scott, who will be recalled as prima donna of Henry W. Savage's Merry Widow, and Girl of the Golden West. And then it lists a whole bunch of other performers. But there was a great ad here on that same page for the show called Flow Flow being performed at the Post Theater. And in the ad it says, The supreme musical comedy sensation replete with love, life, lyrics, lingerie, and laughter. And then it has her famous perfect 36 chorus, fresh from its all years run at the Court Theater New York, gorgeous production, most costly gowned musical offering and tour special, Flow Flow Orchestra. So that was held on November 30th, Saturday, 1918, here in Battle Creek wonder how many soldiers went to that one. Then apparently there was a big banquet the week before for the 10th Infantrymen. And there was an article about that. 10th Infantrymen enjoy big banquet. Lots of joy when Company B puts an elaborate feed for the Doughboys. Many officers present. Roast turkey is feature on menu that caused delight. Classy entertainment provided from camp and outside points. Committees receive credit. The members of Company B, 10th U.S. Infantry, Camp Custer, Michigan, held a magnificent banquet at their barracks last Thursday evening, November 21st, 1918. The banquet hall was fittingly decorated for the occasion by the committee of men chosen from the company. The decorations were draped in the symbolic colors of red, bright, and blue, while the cooks and waiters in their white suits gave the occasion a very neat appearance. 
one of the most elaborate and classical suppers obtained, was served at seven. There was roast young turkey, champagne ham, desserts, cakes, ice cream, cider, and all the other fixtures that go to make up a swell blowout. The tables fairly groaned at their weight, and the digestive organs of the men complained at the treatment they received. While the men partook of the horn of plenty and the buttons on their blouses refused to remain in place, the entertainment committee, headed by Sergeant Bernard Klein, came forward with a timely professional and local vaudeville program offering some unusual good talent, including a quartet from the headquarters company, a jazz orchestra from the Depot Brigade, and some splendid chorus talent from the choir of the First Baptist Church of Battle Creek. One of the clever acts was very loudly applauded by the men, in which the actor recognized our prominent Sergeant George M. Theons by the name of Sergeant Ganderneck and Mr. Chester Birch of the YMCA rendered several classical coronet solos to the great approval of the audience. The guest of honor included Lieutenant Colonel M. H. Tomlinson, the present commanding officer of the 10th Infantry, formerly post commander at West Point, and his staff of Major R.F. Sortome, Major F. Adams, and Major Arthur Burkett. Captain B.B. McMahon, Regimental Chaplain Rockford, and Lieutenant J.F. Vauter, and other prominent military leaders of the camp. There were speeches by several of the distinguished guests, including the Lieutenant Colonel, who related some of his exciting experiences while with the American Expeditionary Forces in France. Captain Taylor was the official Toastmaster, and the captain was just recently returned from France, where he owned considerable notoriety as a proficient leader of military tactics, and the men of this company considered themselves quite fortunate in securing the leadership of a man who has been over there. And that was that article. The rest just gives a lot of kudos to the committee members who formed the event. And that was what was going on at Camp Custer on the day or the weekend before Thanksgiving. This was in the newspaper at Camp Custer on Thursday, November 28, 1918. So it's a nice little insight looking back at the past of one of the chapters of Battle Creek history that will probably never ever be repeated to such magnitude. There was literally tens of thousands of soldiers that were stationed at Camp Custer during 1917 to 19. 18 through early 1919 and it was a very interesting and different time and i'm sure the holiday season in 1918 was probably quite special for the community of battle creek to have that much participation from the community in inviting soldiers to come join their families for thanksgiving and that is probably one of the greatest thanksgiving memories from the history of battle creek that I could find leading up to the Thanksgiving weekend here in 2022. And that happened a little over 100 years ago, and it's hard to believe it was that far back. So anyways, I hope you enjoyed this story and this little episode on Thanksgiving weekend. I hope you had a wonderful time with your families out there and that you have a fabulous time enjoying some time off with whatever you have plans for this holiday. 
And of course, if you would like to reach out to me, you can find me at michaeldelaware.com. I'm always happy to hear from you. And until next time, when we take another journey into yesterday and explore yet another fascinating chapter of Southwest Michigan's past, thank you for listening.